Welcome to Burning What's up, guys? We have a very, very special guest today. We are in hell in Australia. Australian hell today. I've never been there. We're going to hear all about the demons of Hannah Ferrier. No. Did I pronounce it right? Ferrier. Fuck. <laughs> I just did this to Teresa Judice. Fer- <laughs> sure. You know what? I'll change my last name, Hannah. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the most important thing is, is that you have an amazing first name. Best first name, arguably, in the world. It um, really Hannah, is. welcome to hell. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I always knew I'd end up here one day. <laughs> you started on the sea, ended in the fire. So <laughs> I actually was just on your podcast, Dear Diary, you're effed, and we had so much fun. Now, <laughs> Hannah is the chief stew on Below Deck Mad and an overall just bad bitch, and that's why. I just naturally kind of feel like I connect with her. I want to know, when was the last time in your life where you were effed, since that's what your podcast is about? <laughs> Literally or figuratively? <laughs> because figuratively, it was like, um, what was it, like 24 hours ago? <laughs> My fucking fiance and mom thought it would be a good idea to take me into the fucking jungle, the oldest rainforest in the world. Do I appear like a rainforest kind of person to you, <laughs> Hannah? I mean, you survived below deck, not. but okay. there's actual snakes and stuff. Or I don't even know what's in jungles. I'm a city girl. No, me too. Um, basically, and the worst thing was we were in these like freaking expensive eco lodges and when Ava was napping we had to sit on these tiny balcony outside squatting fucking flies and mosquitoes away and I was like you know what you brought me here the baby is now your responsibility (laughs) and I am staying just on the right side of drunk for the next two days which I did successfully. What's hilarious is how these hipster resorts put the word eco in front of it so it could be like no effort, but make it more expensive. Yeah, exactly. And then I had to fight to get the remote control for the air conditioning. She's like, oh, no, it's all done automatically. I was like, uh, no. All right. Okay. If you're literally in a hammock in the rainforest and they're like, it's an eco hotel. A thousand dollars for this eco hammock. Oh my gosh. Well, was it so it was supposed to be like a relaxing holiday? Well, it was like so this was there kind of like occasionally I like allow him to get his way just so he doesn't leave me. <laughs> just every now and then he has a tiny taste <laughs> that he can get something, you know, his way. So that was it. So now we are back in a massive marble penthouse by the beach, exactly where I'm comfortable. We love bonding over terrible relationship advice, so that was a good one. Let him get his way so he doesn't leave you, but not too many times. No, like, have not a little he bit of a balance. Gets confident and thinks that he can do it on his own. Yes, this is very exciting that you've like after your reality show, you meet this guy, you have a baby. It all happened really fast. Is he the kind of guy you thought would be the father to your child? So the funny thing is, is it actually looks like it happened really fast, but it's like three years in September 
but not that fast that's that's reality tv media stuff where it's like hannah <laughs> just had a baby with a guy she met two weeks ago <laughs> it just laughed out she like only cooked it for like three months <laughs> yes yes so i don't know to be honest with you like i guess i i had kind of given up on it i really wasn't <laughs> holding out any hope that I would find someone that was like crazy enough to father a child to me. So I guess I didn't really think about it too much. Another piece of great bad relationship advice, give up. (laughs) (laughs) Just accept it's not going to happen and drink a fucking Cosmo with your girlfriends. (laughs) (laughs) So was he supportive of your reality TV career? Was it beneficial to your relationship or was it difficult? Probably more difficult. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I actually, there's like these great screenshots of me and my friend like hounding him after about two weeks of us dating. And we were like, you need to date like a girl who like wears her sneakers to the office and then changes to like a comfortable one inch kitten heel who like <laughs> uses recyclable like bags to do her grocery shopping. Just like fucking pounding this poor guy. Um, into defeat and we were like I'm not the right person for you you're lovely you're conservative I am really not so um, it was not who I thought I'd end up with but we kind of keep each other on our toes so it works I used to think you had to be yin and yang like if I'm loud he has to be shy but there has to be like a certain similarity that bonds you but then if you're too similar it's like everyone inherently hates themselves so you end up hating them yep (laughs) So yeah, it's no. good that you you probably have sides of you guys that like you really connect with, but then that difference of how he maybe handles things or sometimes you need someone to slow you down in your later years. Yeah, no, 100%. And I'm like really not a planner. Like, mm-hmm. but when you have a child, you kind of have to be. You can't just yeah. like wake up one morning and life is just, you know, it doesn't work like that anymore. When the baby eats, we'll figure it out. (laughs) If If a real comes near. (laughs) If she gets super hungry, she'll let me know, okay? (laughs) That just stresses me out about a baby because it's like the second she pops out, you can't like take a real break from it. Not to stress you out, but yeah, you got to like make sure they learn, make sure they eat. You can't like forget about them. Hannah, I forget about myself think, all the time. Why do you think my mother is on holidays with us? <laughs> I would not have my mother on holidays with me in any other circumstance. I just want a nap. Yeah, you weren't asked to be on this planet. So you get on this planet. Next thing you know, you have a baby. The person who brought you on needs to teach you how to take <laughs> care of that kid. A hundred percent. But yeah, it seems like you can't really be a planner, especially if you're the kind of person that does a yachting career. I mean, what got you into yachting? Give me the 411. So I actually, funnily enough, the last time I was like on holidays with my mom, I was 21 and we went to Europe and I fell in love with, the south of France so I literally Mm. came back and I put into Google what can I do speaking English in the south of France and yachting came up I'm like cool I'll do that what's your sign Sagittarius yeah okay Mm -hmm. so did you immediately like it or did you you, was it what you thought it would be it was definitely not but I like worked for like this big like one of the largest Russians arms dealers so whenever oh, wow. I was doing service, I was like kind of scared I was going to get shot. Um, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> 
<laughs> this prepares you for reality tv drama though you're like at least i'm not scared of getting shot because yeah, exactly. <laughs> someone would get sued <laughs> you might find me for drugs on camera but you won't put a fucking ak-47 next to my head so you know <laughs> You gotta take oh your wins god. when you can get them. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, You're like, I've seen worse things on the boat. Yeah. Um, exactly. Did you ever think that you'd be the kind of person that would be on a reality show? Like, did your friends think that you could be a TV star one day? I think, like, it was so funny because after I, like, my first season, everyone was like, oh my god, yeah, it makes so much sense. <laughs> so, it, but it was like after the fact. Before they were like, oh, my God, you're just going to fuck up your life, which I probably did in some ways, but whatever. <laughs> you know, you learn. Same. It's, there's pros and cons. What do you think makes you, like, because you were the chief stew. You were the head mm. bitch in charge. What do you think made you successful in that role of also doing it on TV? Like, what about your personality do you think was good or bad for the role? Um, I think that I'm not, like, shy to say what I think or how mm -hmm. I feel. And mm -hmm. I don't get pushed. Like, if you push me, I will, like, fucking push you back twice as hard. And yeah. the the one scene that I think where they were just like, oh, my God, was in season one with Chef Ben. And mm -hmm. he got mad because I didn't pronounce a dish properly. But he hadn't told, it, told me it. And I just smacked my hand on the counter. I was like, you don't tell me the fucking dishes till they're on the fucking pile anyway. So don't give me that shit. And I was <laughs> like, they must have just been sitting, like, in the production room with, like, fucking dollar signs in their eyes going this chick is great <laughs> she's just the right amount of crazy <laughs> and also how did your like perspective of being a leader on the show change each year because you started to get a following and then you have new people coming in each year how did you handle like the emotional it's tough the emotional state of that because you're not your like young bushy-eyed bright-eyed bushy-eyed Hannah coming in first year no no well I think like the thing that some people don't understand because every season when people when we film together there's always these groups of like yep. five or six of them that turn into really tight group you know you know a tight group of friends and it's like I just was never interested in that because I'm like you guys are my work colleagues I'm at work yeah I want to hang out with you in my personal time like no offense but most people on reality tv kind of fucking have sucky personalities mm -hmm. you know there's mm -hmm. a lot of assholes in reality tv and i don't mm -hmm. want to spend my personal time with them but so. when they're hanging out and stuff i feel without you i feel like that's when they're can they can kind of conspire or they can kind of and then the audience can't always see that like there's bullying happening yeah, and instead yeah, next yeah. thing you know they can make it look like you're the one who's deserves to be like turned on and stuff like that well, yeah and i think there is this like massive misconception that if you're a strong female character, you can't get bullied, mm -hmm. you know? It's like I wow. think that, yeah, in the media and stuff, we always kind of think it's the weak, you know, it was for me, it was always like the little weak third stew who wasn't doing a job properly and I was the mm -hmm. bully. And I was mm -hmm. like, you do understand that even just, even being a strong woman in the workplace or in life, you can still be bullied. I just got chills because it is a, like not saying you were kind of the top in terms of the hierarchy and when like a woman's doing well and she's at the top it's so easy it's kind of lonely at the top so yeah. other people can then kind of get together and 
feel a type of way about you. I mean, being a boss, you always feel like the people might be talking bad about how you're running it and like they get all clicky. They almost bond over their hate for your power yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Which is super frustrating. But you, <laughs> when you were, what, what's some advice for female leaders out there on being a good leader or r- things to not do that make you a sucky leader? I think being self-aware is super important. Mm. Like, I worked for a woman who I just felt like if you can just be aware of why you feel your feelings towards me, mm-hmm. feel them. You don't need yes. to like me or anything, but just be self-aware of why. Yes. And then that will allow us to work together better, you know? Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. don't have self-awareness and you try and like almost pull the wool over your own eyes, as to why you're feeling certain ways, I think that is really, really bad. It leads to bad leadership. How did your anxiety grow or lessen in the five years that you were filming? So I had like season one, I will never forget this. I don't think I've ever told anyone this. I was like, I had the worst panic attack and I was laying down behind a couch on the boat covering my microphone and I could hear the cameras trying to find me. And I was having an anxiety and a panic attack and trying to just breathe, but I didn't want them to hear where I was. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was probably a sign I shouldn't have gone back. <laughs> 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 when you're cowering behind a couch <laughs> on like day 30 of your new job, maybe leave. <laughs> <laughs> day 30 um, is a fucking breaking point, I have to say. Because, it really yeah. is. So how did that progress? Because anyone who watched, I really wanted to have you on Burning in Hell because you were caught like with some drugs to help your anxiety. Yeah. And it was kind of turned into like, this is illegal or whatever. And Mm. you were basically like, this is what I use for my anxiety. Like, I'm not here trying to get fucked up. And in that (laughs) moment, it was so relatable because so many women men use things to help with their anxiety and it tr- it's looked down upon like it's some like crazy drug thing when it's like mm. i mean all of manhattan is on drugs right now to make themselves feel better even just a little antidepressant that's just the norm yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. so did your anxiety get worse throughout did you learn how to cope with it differently um i think i definitely learned how to cope with it differently season four I actually had like a confident second stew and a confident third stew who were like Mm -hmm. not out to get me. And I had a really Mm -hmm. good season. Mm -hmm. Um, So my anxiety was great that year. Uh, I unfortunately (laughs) did not lose the standard 20 pounds I usually use when filming. But (laughs) the plus side (laughs) was I didn't have a breakdown on camera. So I just took it. (laughs) But um, when you're happy, you're like, I'll have another croissant. (laughs) <laughs> I deserve exactly. it. <laughs> <laughs> We're in France, bitch. I'm going to eat. <laughs> um, this last season was okay until all that stuff with Kiko happened. Because mm-hmm. I think, like, I come across really tough and things like that. But when, like, I care about someone, like, mm-hmm. it literally was, like, it tears me up inside when I see yeah. someone I care about in pain, you know? Yeah. And so... I guess as well, like the thing that sometimes people don't understand is that when you're filming a reality show like that, you can't say, hey, I'm worried that we hired somebody that wasn't competent for the job and we've now fucked up his career moving forward in the future. 
you know, like you can't say that because it's not part of the reality world you live in. But that Mm -hmm. was what I was concerned about. And that was what he was concerned about, that he'd just Mm -hmm. been fired on camera for being a bad chef and we'd fucked up his life. Mm -hmm. And then the more years you go through it, the, the less you can say like, oh, I'm just, you know, a, uh, a reality person or I'm, I'm, you know, like, I don't know. I guess that that just really mentally drains me. I remember speaking to Josh that night for mm-hmm. like an hour and I was just in tears and I was like, I just looking in his eyes like killed me. And that's mm-hmm. when I had the anxiety attack that night. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because people he- hear what you say on reality TV, but sometimes they don't always capture how you feel. Like this season of Summer House, it was a situation where it was a pressure cooker like you guys had, except we didn't mm-hmm. have to work. But we were joking on your podcast. Like I almost, I mean, we had our own jobs, but it was like every second of the day we could do whatever we wanted. And I almost wish I had that organization so I could get my mind off of things. Yeah. And like... I, literally no food would stay in me everything was going through me I was having these like depression naps and then I have to wake up to do something <laughs> and it was oh. like I just couldn't get away and then you're with these people and you know you get start getting really paranoid do you have any advice for like when you know certain people are out to get you how you handle it on TV because <laughs> oh, in real life you're like fuck you guys but in TV you're like wait 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 if their shit works I could look really bad crazy yeah and that's what that's exactly what happens is you can end up looking like the crazy one when you're like I was just like defending it normalcy basically oh my god all the def- I was so defensive and um but it can yeah <laughs> but yeah. I think you you're good at not always snapping and like keeping your voice in like a you can say real fierce things but in a calm way which I think is a great skill like almost scarier to be honest yeah no, I know that's like Josh sometimes like will be he'll do something and I'll look at him and he's like, oh, my God. I'm like, what? He's like, stop looking at me like you want to kill me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even need to say anything. It's just this like look. And uh, I, I didn't actually realize how bad it was until I watched myself on television. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God. And I think that's why as well they kind of liked me for that role because in that service position when you have like wealthy clients you can't say fuck you but if my face is saying fuck you i can't do anything about that you know so they'd always kind of know when i was saying fuck you to them without me actually having to say it you have very expressive eyes and like <laughs> it's almost like your whole your eyes are holding all your emotions and it but it's I just felt like you're very relatable on the show and that like you're not trying to act like above things or perfect or that you have it all together like you just always seemed like you were in a fight but you were like gonna make it through like you're very strong (laughs) (laughs) what would you do on the boat when you felt like you couldn't do it anymore when you felt like you need to jump off the boat what advice would you give to people so um, I am a really big, so I grew up on this tiny little hippie island with mm. no television. We listened oh to gosh. music. My dad and brother were in a band. So music is like a way I express myself. And they, you know, in reality TV, they don't really like you listening to music because no. unless the music's clear, they can't use it. And like there's this, you know, so I would like that would be my like FU to production is I'd put my earphones in and refuse mm-hmm. to take them out. <laughs> and then audio would always know 
like they you know they have like the day shift and night shift and night shift guys would come on and i'd be like frantically like cleaning a bathroom or something and they'd be like oh my god and the audio guys would go in and, um, and they'd be like oh fuck it'll be a long night she's listening to alanis okay guys <laughs> we're out for a fucking wild one tonight hannah is pissed <laughs> <laughs> well yeah you can't do your normal things all the time and are you a social person like do you like being around a lot of people or do you like your alone time because you're forced to be stuck with a lot of people that you don't necessarily love yeah no I really so the, the thing that is like freaking me out a lot at the moment especially mm-hmm. with this like baby that just hangs around all the time <laughs> like she's really cute she's so clingy like the whole like nipple thing like so clingy I know. <laughs> look at her I'm like god why are you so obsessed with me stop staring what do you want I just fed you um but with like with doing below deck we would film for like six weeks a year and then um I would have like stuff to do in the United States and what have you but apart from that like that was me done you know, I had a lot of time on my hands and mm-hmm. a lot of time to spend alone. And even flying back and forth to LA was like, you know, a 14, 15 hour flight. So I would chill. I get no time alone now, ever, mm-hmm. ever. This mm-hmm. kid is always around. Like, shit, you're not. <laughs> and the weirdest thing is like, you'll be like exhausted and she'll go down for a nap and you'll be like, oh my God, thank God. And like 10 minutes later, you're like, oh, wake up. I miss you. Oh. So did you feel that initial connection when she was born? So my labor was 27 hours. Oh, Jesus. So it was disgusting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you grossed yourself out. <laughs> it, it was, everyone's like, it's so beautiful. I'm like, what the fuck is beautiful about that? Okay. Are you crazy? Did they give you different drugs than me? Because, like, there's nothing beautiful about the birthing process. I'm sorry. (laughs) Josh was like, oh, he really wants another one. I'm like, okay, if you can get a surrogate. My girlfriend's like, that's not legal. You can't just get a surrogate. I'm like, Kim K did. (laughs) Kim K did. Do you feel like you love her more than you love yourself? That's what oh, the people 100%. say. A hundred percent. So when we're crossing the road, I make Josh go on the side of the cars and then I make him in the middle of the road. He has to flip to the other side. So then he's on the <laughs> side of the cars again. Cause I'm like, you are definitely dying before her. Okay. <laughs> It's like, just in case you were confused, the, who I prioritize in this relationship. Exactly. <laughs> Do you it's think her, me, you. <laughs> when you were little, were you bossy? Yes. Because I was. Yeah, I was super bossy. So, like, my mom, uh, she's actually coming on the podcast this week, but she, um, she was telling us this story of, like, this, I decided to, like, throw this party and I, like, manipulated one of the fathers into buying, like, all the Coke and pizza for, like, all the kids on the island and, like, threw some random person I didn't know a party because I wanted some Coke and pizza. I was, like, <laughs> manipulative and bossy. But it's funny because if you were a dude, I would say they'd say you have, like, great bargaining skills. <laughs> yeah, very <laughs> you're, entrepreneurial. You're a great negotiator and you're a go-getter. So exactly. <laughs> I'm proud of you. But no, nah, it's just a bossy little bitch. 
<laughs> and apparently you were a huge bitch when you were a teenager. Yeah. What do you think made you such a bitch? Like what going on in your life do you think got you to bitchdom? Oh god, that's dark. <laughs> um <laughs> I We're in hell. <laughs> we are in hell. No, so I think like I had one of those situations when I was younger where it was a, just really fucked up, but it was no one's fault. So, like, my brother passed away when I was five. He was mm. 10 and my other brother was 13. Mm. And, like, that just fucks up a family, you know? Yeah. So yeah. there was, like, a lot of darkness, but mm. not, like, it's not it's not anyone's fault, obviously. It just kind of is. Well, so grief probably, comes in all shapes and sizes yeah. and there's no rules to it. It's all over the no, place. Exactly. So I was probably rebelling against a whole bunch of stuff mostly my own feelings probably (laughs) (laughs) so how do you feel that now you've like left reality tv you have this incredible guy this family you've created what is your future hold because you're you're busy you have like what do you see for yourself right now who is hannah so i guess like one of the biggest things i took out of yachting so like to be honest with you I don't really understand people who are like passionate about yachting. Like, unless you're, <laughs> I really don't get it. Like, honestly, in the interior side, I'm like, mm-hmm. you're just kind of like a bougie waitress at sea. I you just have to, like love customer service. That's brutal. Yeah, you just want to get abused yeah, by rich yeah. people all day. I know. I'm like, oh, I just love cleaning toilets. It just really gets me going. <laughs> I'm like, but you don't need to be, like, passionate about that side of things. You can be passionate about traveling, about earning Uh money, Uh about saving a deposit for a house, about seeing Mm -hmm. different countries and all of that sort of stuff. So, like, I love what I do now with my training academy, which is helping people who want to get into yachting. Cool. I saw you promoting that. Yeah. It's like I've got these, like, gorgeous little ducklings at home and I'm like getting them all prepared to go work on boats and travel the world and like mm-hmm. that is such an exciting and thing for me because I just feel like you know there's so many of my students that are like in these tiny towns in America and things like that and they're mm-hmm. actually doing it and they're gonna go and work they're gonna on get boats out of their and- small towns yeah so and anyone listening gonna- hit Hannah up if you <laughs> yeah, want to learn well, it's exciting because you go like I look at my life and I go I can't imagine what it would be like without yachting that was 11 mm. years of my life you know wow. so I just think that we you know I don't think this is a dress rehearsal I don't think we're I don't believe that there's anything really much else out there after we die so like to me I'm like this is your life go out there live it the um <laughs> the, the interior like industry is so customer service and i recently saw a tweet that was really funny that was like the funny thing about how the customer is always right saying is that the customer seems to always be wrong <laughs> <laughs> it is so true and, I and when you're watching below the... deck it's like um how do you not punch some people in the throat <laughs> yeah no and it's getting to the stage like i was watching one season i think it was season four where you could already see that i was like getting over it a little bit he's like oh i requested oysters there was this douchebag from new york and i like shoved his preference sheet in his face i'm like didn't request oysters and i was like wow hannah you're, you're just getting really pissed off with everything 
<laughs> it's so funny to watch it when you're in like a normal mindset to be like how could she everyone's like how could she snap so quickly and it's like you yeah. have no idea the yeah. pressure that was leading up to that yeah um, exactly let's wrap this up with a final game mm-hmm. called the seven deadly sins you're doing great in hell but i knew if you survived below deck you could survive this <laughs> Seven Deadly Sins. What are you greedy about? Um, what am I greedy about? Probably like I'm a, I'm a really bad wine snob. I'll Ooh. like go to someone's house and look at their wine and be like, Josh, go and get different wine. This is shit. <laughs> and I don't <laughs> care about it. So it sounds like you like the finer things in life. Yeah. I'm very particular and I like what I like and I won't. Josh, it drives Josh crazy because like on a Saturday morning, we have to go to like 17 different places to do our groceries because the ham (laughs) has to come from one place and the baguette has to come to another and the slice has to come from here and the bananas like, oh, you have to go in all these different, he's like, you know, there's like fucking supermarkets, right? That sell everything. (laughs) I'm like, "Uh -uh." like, but not the exact thing I need. Exactly. Would you enjoy like going on a yacht as a vacation? I think so, yeah. I just don't know if I would be able to um, to not help them. <laughs> You'd be looking at it with a different eye. You'd be like, I don't yeah. love her technique. I don't love her technique. Who are you envious of? Who am I envious of? So occasionally, very occasionally, I am envious of, like, say, Khloe Kardashian, just because she can still have these really long nails, which means that she (laughs) never, ever cleans a diaper. So sometimes when I'm cleaning a really bad diaper, I can be a tiny bit envious of (laughs) Khloe Kardashian because she doesn't change diapers. I don't comprehend how people have long nails. I did it once. I like couldn't shampoo my hair. I couldn't zip up my coat. I could barely text. I couldn't wipe my own ass. And I just, and some, I don't know. It's a feel thing and I just haven't nailed it. And I got so claustrophobic that I couldn't do anything that I just tear them all off. So that was $60 down the drain. Um, What are you gluttonous about? So like, what are you overindulge in besides wine? Probably like chicken burgers. Ooh, so mm. not a beef burger. You like them chicken. Chicken everything. I'm obsessed. When was the last time you experienced extreme wrath or anger? Um, a day ago when I was sitting in a fucking rainforest in a stupid <laughs> eco lodge. <laughs> <laughs> so I also want to ask you in terms of the anxiety that happened and the emotions, did you feel like you were kind of just being shamed for having anxiety on tv yeah i didn't really get it i i it was very confusing like you see in the scene that i was like fired where she um sandy came down like to the bathroom and like opened my bathroom door with a camera and i was Mm -hmm. like zipping myself up and she's like are you flushing them i'm like why would i flush my medication like it was oh yeah yeah it was just so weird to me i was like Mm -hmm. what are you talking about like mm-hmm. you're you're acting like you've just found an eight ball on me. Like yeah, yeah. This is medication. Why would I flush medication down the toilet? Like so. Yeah, I definitely felt very like uncomfortable, and I also felt very uncomfortable because I I knew how many people reached out to me when I had that first anxiety attack. So yep. it made me even before I left the boat, I was very uncomfortable that that was going to be aired and people yeah. were going to be made to feel 
like they were not normal because they had yeah. anxiety. And did you feel like that could be used against you at any time or was it like out of the blue? It was very out of the blue because I, the like the thing with the Valium was not new. Yeah. That was not new information to anyone on that boat mm-hmm. that I took Valium for anxiety. So yeah. it was extremely out of the blue. I think you see my face. I was kind of like, she's like, it's been, you know, noted that you have drugs on board. I was like, huh? The whole thing seemed like just a nightmare, like that something happened and you know that you don't have control. And then you kind of were just like, okay, I guess this is happening to me. People got really pissed off by it. Oh, yeah. Really pissed off. Did you think that so many people were going to take your side? So I guess like the biggest thing for me when it was happening was I know it sounds bad, but you're almost like I, you know how reality TV works. And I was like, I will not react. I will not. You can't bait me. I'm not. It was literally, I ended up sitting on the dock and I was having a cigarette and I looked at the camera and I was like, hey guys, can I get a car? It's super hot out here. Like, I'm not. And that's why you're a season five veteran. Because <laughs> your, like, <laughs> your girl was reacting all. Because your girl reacted all somewhere else. <laughs> No, because that kind of reaction made people kind of be like, wait, like it wasn't this like deeper anger thing. And it, yeah, because if you had gotten really pissed off and freaked out, people were like, well, yeah, this bitch is fucking crazy. But yeah. the fact that you were just calm, it was like, OK, so was there something really wrong here? Because she's actually been very competent on the boat no, the whole time. What should people should go, wow, this bitch is crazy. <laughs> she's mm-hmm. so crazy. She's not letting you see the crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's when you know she's crazy when yeah, she knows exactly. how to hide it the right way. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but yeah, I remember that scene, you being, you were stoic. I was very, yeah, I was very, very calm. But inside, so, were you freaking out? Yeah, of course. I think it would be insane if you weren't, you know? Um, but I also just went like, so my mom always brought me up and said, like, if you know you've done nothing wrong, then you don't need to like justify yourself or anything. If you know that you're okay. And I was like, I'm here with my fucking medication Mm -hmm. and you all know I have anxiety. You've Mm -hmm. all known that I've taken this. So like, I'm not going to feel like I need to justify anything or fight for anything. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that Sandy had been wanting to get rid of me for quite a while. So it was like her ace up the sleeve, you know? It's so hard to be in a position where the person of power doesn't like you. That would drive oh, me yeah. insane. That would Because I can't even deal with normal people telling me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so the person, oh God. So when you finally, like it all hit you, like you got fired. Did you see the light at the end of the tunnel? Like, did you see it as a blessing or like how long did that take? Or do you still think like, fuck, I'm pissed about it. Um, so I still have like stress dreams about it. Yeah. Um, which is like annoying. So I'm looking forward to those being over. But I think that. <laughs> You're like, we could do without. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But That's I PTSD. Think that, yeah. Oh, it really is. And, um, but I also think that, you know, I was pregnant the whole time the season was airing and everything, which was probably really good 
because mm-hmm. I wasn't going like, oh my God, the episode's there and I want a glass of wine and then mm-hmm. it's like five o'clock, you mean drinking all fucking day, you know? <laughs> it was like, I am at one, I stay calm from my baby. So mm-hmm. it was probably a blessing in disguise. Yeah, yeah. When was the last time you were a sloth? So you literally did nothing all day. Um, I think that's about to come today. <laughs> <laughs> I see it in my near future. <laughs> When you'd get back from doing six weeks on a charter, what was your way of relaxing and like detoxing or getting back to like normal? Um, so I was that was coming back into Australian summer. So I'd do mm. like summer in Europe and then I'd come back here for summer. So that was very much like I had a friend back then and we just we were so bad for each other, but it was so good. Like we would just <laughs> yeah, you enabled and, like, each other. Yeah. And it was like we would just sit there from like four o'clock in the afternoon and just chat shit and drink wine mm-hmm. and smoke mm-hmm. Marlboro Lights until like mm-hmm. one of us died, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> and we did that summer after summer. And then I met Josh and I was like, oh, this is probably healthier. <laughs> <laughs> but at least, you know, when you need a wild night, you know who to text. Yeah, exactly. When was the last time you let your pride or your ego get in the way of something? This is a tough one. Probably with, um, so, you know, when you have two people raising a child, there Mm. is like different points of view and things like that. So it was probably a situation with Josh where I like wanted to be right, but I knew he was right, but I still Mm. wanted to be right, you know? (laughs) So I kind of like pushed this subject to where he was like, okay, fine, then we'll do it your way. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. You're always the right way. (laughs) I just want to win the actual fight. (laughs) Um, When was the last time you lusted over someone besides Josh? Like, do you have a celebrity crush or anything? Oh, so who's, oh, God. It's someone's son, Clint Eastwood's son. Oh. Do you know that dude? Oh, Scott. Oh, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) You froze for ages. I was like, oh, this is great. I have time to I was talking about how I like older men. I was like, I'll take Clint. (laughs) Oh, okay. No, Scott. But then like I I follow him on Instagram and he started talking and I just lost my ladywood altogether. Oh, what was he saying? Just utter shit. (laughs) Well, he's American. I do have to say, when I dated my first British guy, he introduced me to the concept of of good chat and shit chat. And like I feel like Australia and and the UK, they like cherish the art of conversation more than Americans. Where Americans will never talk. They'll be like, oh, they're cool, they're not cool. But like no one embraces like, are you good at quality chat? And like, I don't know, as a podcaster, I love a quality chat. So Yeah finding those people that you could have an easy banter with is so important um also when we get quarantine when quarantine is over you are Mm -hmm. the queen of travel where Mm -hmm. are some places that people before they die need to go so josh has his 40th next year so we want to do south of france like a big villa Mm -hmm. in south of france for that Mm -hmm. but i've got a lot of friends there and i live there for ages so that's a given um positano in the amalfi Mm -hmm. coast is gorgeous Mm -hmm. uh turkey is really amazing it's a beautiful country and it's got some of the most gorgeous waters in the world mallorca is really beautiful Mm. which we just filmed in and i loved cuba 
Ooh, you I haven't been to any there? of these places. <laughs> I yeah, I think we are, but I haven't. Who knows what we're allowed to do anymore? <laughs> <laughs> you're like are americans allowed to do anything anymore (laughs) no one should let us in anywhere at this point hannah this has been such a pleasure i like to wrap up all my pods with asking you the final question because you've been to hell and back to australia back it hell it was longer than australia to come back what do you do ultimately to cope with your hell when you're in your darkest place, what advice would you give to people besides listening to great music? I like to do lots of like, if you just go down to the beach, if you're near a beach and walk, I like to walk and pretend mm. I'm walking away from my problems. I love walking because mm-hmm. you don't actually get tired, but you feel like you're working out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not going to like get sweaty, but I don't feel like I just binge watched fucking Netflix all day either. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice, happy medium. A hundred percent. Well, Hannah, where can people follow you, listen to you, and just have more Hannah in their life? <laughs> so it's Hannah Ferrier 234 on Instagram. It's also mm-hmm. Hannah's podcast. We've got Dear Diary, Your Act, which was so much fun with you last week. Thank you for coming on. So much fun. And um, yeah, then if you're interested in getting into yachting, there's Ocean International Training Academy, um and everything's at the link in my bio on insta i'm about to be a yachty hannah you would fucking hate it you would hate it (laughs) (laughs) i I don't do well with authority i spill everything i talk with my hands so i knock everything down and i'm i have short-term memory loss yeah i'd be the worst and i'm not that great at swimming well then you should probably go and cast in below deck you sound like (laughs) a perfect first (laughs) year I am thirds. I would crush the thirds too. Everyone would hate me. I'd be like flirting with like one of the dumb bosuns, and yeah, (laughs) and then I'd oversleep every fucking day. (laughs) I got yelled at on a vacation house for oversleeping. So just imagine what happened below deck. Oh my god, Hannah, you're amazing. I can't wait to visit you in Australia one of these days. It's on my to do list. We'll have brekkie, avocado toast, chai lattes. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening, guys, and I'll talk to you in hell later. Bye.